Welcome to Inspiration and Isolation. This weekly conversation with Alaska artists explores how we're managing in the era of COVID-19. I'm Asia Freeman, Artistic Director of Bunnell Street Art Center. And with me today are three young adults from Homer, Asa Panarelli, Ella Park, and Drew Wimmerset. And all of you as participants, you are invited to ask questions during the course of our chat. You can write them in the little chat box or speak them aloud when invited. The conversation is recorded and shared on Bunnell's website and podcast. When you aren't speaking, you can mute your mic just to sort of um, protect our recording quality. So Asa Panarelli is a locally grown actor and musician, a recent graduate of Homer High. He looks forward to delving deeper into all the art and creativity that Homer has to offer. Ella Parks is a singer and songwriter who was born and raised in Homer. She currently resides in Austin, Texas, where she's making new music and hopes to build a career out of it someday. And Drew Wimmerstadt's a visual artist raised in Homer's art community. Close to their associate in the arts at KBC, Drew hopes to continue contributing to Homer's healthy obsession with art. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. To begin, I just would like to ask each of you to describe your creative practice, what you have been making, what you've been up to and thinking about before you ever heard of COVID-19. Read us out, Drew. Yeah, sure. Um, I've always had a more uh, unorthodox kind of process. I, so my mediums are mostly, like Asia said, visual arts, where I, I do a lot of painting. I do a lot of um, art. I've delved into the more um, digital art world as well to kind of keep up with this like advance in technology that we see in art as well. Um, but <laughs> I even before um, this pandemic, I've, I like always searched for like time to do this art. And now it's funny that we've got a lot of time on our hands now that uh, even still though, it's like, it's almost like, um, well, I don't want to jump into any other questions yet, but an interesting, it's an interesting shift for me. That's for sure. Mm. What about you, Ella? Tell us about what you've been um, up to, you know, before COVID-19. Just like what's been your creative trajectory? Um, well, it's really like my biggest excitement about moving to Austin was the live music. And so then COVID hit and I was really disappointed. And I was like, oh my God, like I had all these things I want to do. There's a bunch of open mics here that I was really excited about. And so that's been kind of put on hold, but I've looked at it now as like just more time to like refine my craft and really find like what inspires me and songwriting is something that I've been trying to like dive into more lately and trying to like get my message across and how I want to do that so yeah hmm. fabulous and how about you Asa well um a lot of my I guess my mediums are are, are kind of went through the high school uh I was a member of you know the jazz band, um, and I was I guess I spent the last four years being a part of DDF, and so I was doing a lot of performance-based activities, and because that's something that I love to do. I love I love performance, and I love performing you know music and, and theater, 
Um, and I had uh, numerous kind of, uh, I guess I had like a few different shows that I was uh, actually participating in. Um, I was getting ready to do uh, the musical, which is going to be back to the 80s. And I was playing in the pit for that and all these other things. And, um, and those were kind of the mediums that I felt that I shown the most in, uh, in performance. And I, uh, and I would work through them the best that I could. And I, I love being a part of DDF and being able to like work on acting and more of a competitive level where I could get active feedback from the judges and yeah, stuff like that. So I'm, um, I'm really curious about creativity in, in general and kind of how it, how it manifests and how it sort of matures for each of us. I'm, I'm curious if you would be interested in talking about your creative process, like what kind of conditions are optimum for it and what to you um, constitutes or supports being in the flow or in the, in the pocket, it's often said in, in, in jazz music, but how do you, how do you, how do you identify that and support that? Um, it's funny. I was actually, I'm glad that I can, reiterate it again in this conversation but I was talking to one of my friends about um, inspiration the other week and I was telling her that honestly every day I have constant inspiration in my mind like I will watch something I will be taking a walk I will be listening to a conversation and my brain just like has an idea about it and then what happens is my creative process is then like trying to take that and like use like I, my biggest search isn't for inspiration but for motivation <laughs> so i have like all this stuff going on in my head and when i like to find the zone or something i need to have it's 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 super neurotic but i i, I need to have like two days free so that I can just decide which hours of the day, like, I can, like, sink into to, like, let out some of this, like, these big thoughts that I'm having. I don't know. It's, it's, it's funny. And my friend was like, wait, so you're, you're, like, inspired all the time? And I was like, yeah, I guess, I guess technically I am. <laughs> but you have to, but you have to kind of somehow encapsulate or compartmentalize that sort of really divergent um, focus in order to slot. So it takes you two days to kind of settle in to the, to the thing. Yeah. You, it's at any given time I have, like, I have an idea of what I want to do, but then I have to find like, when do I want to do it? How do I want to do it? Am I doing it now? Am I doing it later? Is today good? Oh, but I have plans tomorrow, which in theory shouldn't affect if I want to do it. But I still find myself like searching for like this perfect, like I don't have responsibilities coming and I don't have responsibilities now. So that's always been my biggest struggle during like a school year or when I have work where I'm like, oh, well, I have work. And it's just this big, like constant push and pull. And so whenever I do end up creating, I'm like 10 times happier about finally doing something. So you're really speaking to the challenge of like shifting gears and having other commitments in order to just be able to, I totally relate to that. And I think it's, 
exciting that you're identifying that already. What about you, Asa? How's that work? <laughs> well, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with, uh, with Drew about finding motivation to, uh, to be creative and do those sorts of things. And I've noticed whenever if I like, if I'm like, all right, I want to sit down and I want to, I want to practice my, my bass because I'm, I'm a bass player. Um, I, I find that I need my, my space, my area to be, to be clean. Like I can't sit down and I can't like explore my instrument when I'm in a surrounding that is just cluttered and everything's there. Like with, with Drew, I need to have, to have that, that open mind. Um, and then with other things like with, with film or kind of short videos that I, I make now and again, um, like I've had to do a lot of them and those sort of projects for school. And even if it's a topic that I have not chosen, I got to sit and I analyze it and I find the things that I connect to about it. Like what are things that I see like similarities in there? And then I kind of I kind of burrow into those and I try to work around this and how can I make this my my own without changing it uh, too much and having my own uh, kind of reflection cast on it. Uh, but yeah, no, it can be and it's it's definitely very difficult sometimes to be to be like, all right, I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to create. It can it's it's very hard to just be like, I'm going to just sit down and do something like Drew said, what's going on with Drew? Because it like it needs that time to kind of build up and you need to have that free mind. In that in that physically uncluttered space. That's yes. Yeah. Yeah. How about for you, Ella? How's that? How's it work for you to be able to drop into your creative zone? What do you need? What conditions? I feel like these days, like really embracing like just my space because I haven't really had a whole lot of options of like like right now I'm in the garage and this is like my quote unquote studio these days, <laughs> um, and there's like people's stuff everywhere and like the acoustics are horrible and the lighting's really bad and it's like a hundred <laughs> degrees outside so it's like literally so humid and hard but like I I don't know I. I feel like a good thing about being in your 20s and being an artist is that like you're feeling these emotions like so I don't know if like visceral is the right word but just it's so raw and like I was talking to this songwriter the other day in Austin and he was like this is the time for you to like write it all down it doesn't matter where you are like just write down what you're feeling like I guess um or he was saying that like people in their 20s come out with the best music and I'm like okay well I've got all this content I've had all these experiences how can I like get it together? And I don't know, right now, like whatever space I have to be able to create is inspiring to me. <laughs> I think what I'd love to do is jump into a little bit of um, sharing of the, the, the actual things that you guys um, make and create. Um, Drew, do you want to start out with like uh, screen sharing some images and, and just kind of guide us through um, stuff that you made maybe before the pandemic and what you've been up to more recently. And then we'll kind of move around. Asa will share. And then Ella, if you want to play something. Yeah, sure. So I'm glad that we tested this beforehand, Asia. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what are we looking these at? These are a few of my, so these are a few of my paintings that I actually did while I was in one of Asia's painting classes. And um, when I was in that class, I'll just go through them semi quickly. So here's this first big one. Um, this, is, these, this was a, a diptych I did. Um, when I was in Asia's class, I was not only learning like how to like paint and what painting can be, but I was also trying to kind of find out 
like what I wanted to get out of the paintings I was making and what style I wanted to put forth. Um, and so that's where I've gone into, I was mentioning digital art and I've just been trying to like find this, like this style that I want to like, I want it to be what I put forth into the world and people see it and they think like, Oh, that's Drewy or something. Um, and then these last two right here are actually two tattoos that um, I designed that my friends actually have on their bodies. So that's, that was really crazy for me. Cause that's like, it's on there. Like I made that and it's on there and it's like inked onto their skin. And when they look at it, I made it, I don't know. So that's why I wanted to share those as well. Besides just, um, these paintings I have as well. Mm -hmm. So in terms of like content or themes, do you feel like the, the outer environment, the pandemic or the isolation of working more at home is, is affecting what you're making, what you're thinking about? Well, it's definitely not making me think any less, which I guess is good. Um, <laughs> but I will say it's kind of ironic that I have a lot of I've got, I would say, more time on my hands, but at the same time, it's like, it's time that's blending together, and it's stressful, and, like, uh, online, I'll see, like, artists that I follow and love to see, and they've, like, they've turned off their profiles, and their bios say, like, away for family, so there's, like, these holes in my inspiration and my like view of this like there's holes in this art community that I curated for myself and I feel like that's been affecting me not again inspiration wise but definitely motivation wise and so that's that's been like the hardest thing for me that I see like the artists that I really like that I love to follow and see and share with that like they can't afford to do that anymore right now mm. and so that's been really hard for me um so that uh, so it's funny that you like i didn't realize until you brought it up that yeah every single piece that i shared i did before this happened and i haven't stopped necessarily but i haven't been like i haven't really been creating as much like full pieces so that's been, yeah, that's been really hard for me, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm thinking about Asa, how you had a kind of a creative response to the, to the disconnection and, and sort of the void that happened when suddenly you went home for school <laughs> instead of to school. And um, I thought this would be an interesting time to share with our um, you know, participants, the uh, creative response that you came up with um, to school announcements with uh, one of your fellow uh, students. What, what's, what's his name? Larry Dunn. Larry Dunn. All right. Let's try this. I'm going to try um, screen sharing here. Hopefully yeah, we'll show it and I'll, I'll talk on it for a little bit. Okay. Big fan of Larry. I'm a big fan. <laughs> All right. Good morning, Homer High. Good morning, Homer High. Good morning, Homer High. Right. Good morning, Homer High. And especially now, all the students, uh, the uh, teachers, 
like I said, are really working hard on making the, the Zoom thing work. And I, as a graduating senior, I'm especially bummed that I can't, I can't, I can't shake my teacher's hand in person. And thank you, thank them so much for the last four years and all the work that they've done. Um, so, in conclusion, thank yeah. you guys so much. Yes. So without context, that might seem a little bit strange. So to give you some background <laughs> information, I, uh, this is my senior year, I served as the student body vice president. Um, and the only reason I had that job, I'd never been on student council before, is because Ms. Borland once or twice let me do the morning announcements uh, just to fill in. And I, my approach to the morning announcements is, is that, you know, because at, at that point, after three years of so just hearing like monotone people in the morning, I was like, you know, because that's not me. I, I wanted to be like, well, no, I want to, I want to get on the intercom and I want to like joke around a little bit. I want to um, be more positive. And I, and I found that I had a, a really positive reception of that. And people seemed to really enjoy me just getting on the intercom and joking around with Larry and like trying to be more positive bright in the morning. And so, and that was something that I, that I personally really enjoyed. I got a lot of fulfillment out of that. Um, and so that was one of the biggest things when, when the coronavirus hit and we had to, I had to walk away from Homer High, um, is that I didn't, I wasn't really quite ready to part with that yet. And, um, talking with Larry, I was like, well, we should still, we should still continue to do the morning announcements. So we set up a schedule. We would do. Oh, AC, you're breaking up. <laughs> How about now? Is it over for Yeah, that's services? better. Okay. Um, and so, and what, what we would do in those, it was, we would just announce things that are going on. Um, and then we would also bring special guests on our first, our first guest was uh, Sean Campbell, who is definitely one of the best teachers at Homer High. Uh, he came on, he read a poem and he talked about, you know, hope and staying together. And so what I guess our mission with the morning announcements was just to try to keep everybody together to kind of maintain a, uh, a layer of normality. Uh, through this kind of crisis and and it was one of those things that I you know I was the I would edit them and I would just have fun with them and if I could make myself laugh I just feel like I was making other people laugh and, yeah so fantastic well I could say I, I personally got a real big charge out of watching those <laughs> you know, brought me back but you know I thought wow that's a far better place than I graduated from so yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for bringing your light. I, I think that was um, creative and generous, you know, put yourself out there like that every day, no matter how the hair was, you know. <laughs> I was going to, um, to ask you all to talk a little bit about, um, you know, an artist that you deeply admire and why. And while Ella gets settled into a new spot, she probably planned to utilize her piano, and I'm not sure what she'll do right now, but she's creative and adaptive, so we'll let her figure that one out. Um, let's pop back over to Drew and uh, ask you to maybe share a little bit about an artist that you admire. Yeah, so I, there's, it's funny because uh, growing up in an art community and growing up with a mom that I had there's a lot of like inspiration and admiration to go around um, but I kind of wanted to focus on these other influences that I have experienced a little later in my life like the kind of inspiration that I've more like semi recently found um, inspiration from um, one would be uh, <laughs> 
it's funny because I actually almost showed it on my uh, screen share, but uh, Tove Janssen, um, she was a um, Swedish but Finnish speaking um, writer and illustrator of like a very famous children's book, um, The Moomins. Mm. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, the thing that I find so inspiring about her is kind of that you've got this, like I was talking about earlier about myself that I want to like establish something that like really like shows me and is recognizable as me well I've always felt like she has this like you you recognize her illustrations you recognize her characters but even still you see this children's book and these um you know these children's book illustrations but you can still have these really deep and profound meanings behind them and um, I've found a lot of inspiration from just graphic novels and the fact that you can take this medium, this illustration that seems so like juvenile because when you're first growing up, you see it in comic books and you see it on cartoons, but you can take these things that might look silly or childish and like you can actually portray such like an important message and I felt like the Moomin series was a good example of like, it's for children, but you still have these really like deep meanings. You have these maybe dark moments that maybe you thought maybe children, it's a little, but I feel like it's just important to show children these deep moments. And speaking more on just the artist herself, I feel like she's kind of an icon in the the gay art community as well, because she was an openly gay artist um but she wasn't one that went to any marches or knocked on doors but she was one that was just visible and there and like there was something really amazing for me to just see like like some of her books like she has the third most wildly um translated finnish works like there's only like her and two other artists have like the most translated Finnish works, but she's, I mean, there's no but about it that she just, she is a gay artist, but mm -hmm. she still has such an impact on the world around her without having to scream. It's just her work like speaks for her, like speaks for itself. And I, it was so cool to see this impactful art that didn't have, she didn't have to fight necessarily it just, it spoke for itself. And I thought that was really amazing. Mm. What you're talking about brings me back to a moment that I can remember in your childhood. Um, <laughs> you had a stack of um, storybooks, as some of which were kind of generated by Walt Disney and the house I would have, that I grew up in, that would have been considered really inappropriate in the sense my mother completely disparaged anything Barbie or Walt Disney as kind of like a, uh, um, a problematic and um, offensive portrayal, for example, of women. But I liked your solution to it. So your mother equipped you with all the Sharpies any kid could possibly handle. You were taking these books and you were revising them. You were crossing out things that they said. You were modifying these people to have more appropriate bodies. You were just like, this doesn't, you were, it was a open, um, constructive and completely creatively kind of responsive graphic action and it's amazing to me to see now here you are you know 
there you go. On that yeah. trajectory and still attending to those sorts of issues in a um, individual, non-sort of screaming format, but very... Don't get me wrong. I love a, I love a good scream. Um, <laughs> but it's also kind of amazing to see the quiet, the quiet strength in long lasting art that doesn't need to break any windows that it just, the windows were opened for it because it's so timeless and so meaningful for anyone. Mm. But thank you for adding the little anecdote. <laughs> I hope that's all right. No, totally. How how you doing there, Ella? You've you've come back in out of the garage. Yeah, it's working better. <laughs> the Wi-Fi here is really bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's that's no, fine. I'm I'm thank you. Do you do you feel like um you'd be interested in um sharing with us something that you're making? Um yeah. Now I'm ready. <laughs> Marvelous. Um, this is my improvised capo because I lost mine. It's a paintbrush and a piece of string. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. I'll tighten it up, actually. But yeah, I've just been, like, missing home a lot, and so I wrote a little song about it. Big open space. Lights and buildings, with my soul, the cars and screeching, disturb my sleep, and I know this won't last forever, but I sure do miss the colder weather, so take me back to the ocean, I dip my toes in, and I'd swim harder, like when I was a kid. Show me home. Oh, show me home. Mm. So beautiful, Ella. Thanks. We, we do. We we still have an intermittent recep, intermittent reception, but each little tidbit was just so juicy. Such a beautiful voice, and and really neat to hear how your lyric is is you know exploring on um, home and memory. Nothing like um separating from it huh to kind of really make you think about what you need and what you miss yeah i feel like i didn't realize like i have this really vivid memory of like driving to school with my mom it's like slush we're in this she used to drive a sob and it would like slide all over the road we live here and she was like you'll understand one day and now, like, I mean, and I loved growing up in Homer, but mornings like that just like kill me. But um, <laughs> it's just such a unique thing to grow up in Alaska. And like, now I'm living with these other women down here and meeting so many different people. And um, they're like, you're from Alaska? And I'm like, yeah, it's, <laughs> and they just think it's crazy. And yeah, it's a really different upbringing that I'm so grateful for. Yeah, thank you. Ace, I want to unmute you, pop it back over to you there, buddy. Um, sitting patiently by and I'm sure reflecting on some of the things that these gals have said. Um, where would you like to start? Do you, would you like to address the, the, an artist that you admired? Would you, do you feel like responding to, to something else that has come up? 
Um, I would love to talk on an artist that I admire. Um, so at, at, uh, with you know, at my dad's house, um, music is a very is a very big thing in our household, and I and I love. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of a guitar nut. Um, like that's like if I'm if I'm like if I have a hobby, it's you know it's you know basses and guitars and learning about them and then and musicians in general. And um, there's one there's one artist that has always stood out to me the most, and um, I'm sure many people have heard of a, a little group called Pink Floyd. Uh, but uh, in Pink Floyd, uh, the guitar player, uh, his name is um, his name is David Gilmore, and David Gilmore has always has always stood out to me, um, specifically because of his playing. And there is one song um, on, uh, called "Marooned," which is off the album uh, "The Division Bell." And "Marooned" is it's a purely instrumental track. Um, I think the guitar that he was playing on it was his uh, Stratocaster, the Zero Zero One, so it was like it's an early. Um, and marooned, I, I listened to it for the first time uh, last summer, you know, just with my headphones on laying in my bed. And marooned was the first song to ever make me, you know, weep without any emotional attachments to it prior to it. Like it just was so powerful that it made me, you know, cry. And like the, the level of, of passion that David Gilmore plays with is, is, it's incredible, and you know, I I have a I I I've, um I, I I take lessons uh, from a, from a bass player, and I think from one of our lessons, he told me, you know, like he said, play what you feel, um, and just like the level of 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 raw like energy, and it like I almost start to like my throat starts to crack just talking <laughs> about it, but I am I'm always such in like in awe. I'm sorry. I, he is, no, like, it's the, great. You know. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I I've said before, I you know the right guitar solo can change the world. But like some of his like uh, just solo on like comfortably numb, uh, like are from from the wall. Like the wall of Pink Floyd is just like a, such a masterpiece. Um, and and one of the things that I I struggle with a little bit um, with being you know a fan of such an older music is that I I've I've seen as long hair has been cut he's balding and he's he's haunched over but he's still he's still playing and it, and it breaks my heart you know he he had this exhibit um i think last year where he you know he was a he was a massive guitar collector and it was all these instruments that he'd played so many like uh you know like these legendary songs with and he he auctioned them all off um and he took those funds and he put it into you know like uh charities to save the environment and some of the things, I mean, because that, it broke my heart about that was like, that's such a, like a powerful move, but it also seems like it was like a move that you would do at the end of your life. Um, and, and it's, it's hard to watch somebody who is so passionate and so bright, slowly, you know, like kind of age and like fall away. And still like, I, I follow him on, on Instagram and there's, he posts, you know, these live streams of him with his family and his children, like playing songs um, for the quarantine and like to try to lift people up and, I've just been so in awe of him and the power that he has created and like the, how much he resonates with my soul. And like, I, yeah, but he's just somebody that I've been, because I, I, you know, I try to think of myself as a passionate person and I'm, I'm drawn to passionate people. And yeah. Wow. Thank you. You know, that, that kind of relates to um, uh, a question that, that I had for each of you because um 
you know, there's Ella establishing, a, you know, the capo with the paintbrush and, and um, string and, you know, Asa with theater and music being, you know, um, perhaps equally important to you. How do you, how do you kind of like find your, your niche, you know, or how do you compartmentalize and focus or proceed on all fronts at once? How's it, how are you sort of sorting that out? Ella, I remember when you were like painting plates when you were in high school for Benel's Plate Project. You've got a lot of talent and you all have a lot of passion, but how do you find the, the focus and say, this is what I'm going to do for a while? I'll just turn it back over to you, Ella. Um, I was just having a conversation like this um, the other day and sometimes I feel like I'm just like, like I just want to paint the walls. Like I'm not even a like painter area. I don't know. I guess I'm a painter, I, but I'm an artist. And, um, but I just want to like create and like throw it everywhere. And, um, I like to draw and I like to paint and do whatever, but music is like something that I can like take these feelings that I'm having and like, just push it out. So like people can know exactly, I can get my message across and I've definitely like found music and that's what I want to do. But then, you know, what sound do I want? Like, do I want to be a country artist or a jazz artist? And what do I like to sing the best? And I think that's what I'm like trying to find right now is like, what's my sound? Cause I know I like to sing. I know I like to write music, but all like make a, song like inspired by a theory that's just like all over the place and i'll really dive into like all that and then i'll write like um a taylor swift 2000 song you know and, um, <laughs> i'm really trying to like figure that out and it's this really fun process of like also getting to know myself and like what does that all mean so mm. yeah fantastic so um, I'd like to open this up to, you know, some of our participants, questions they might have. Um, Argent uh, always uh, enjoys these programs and shares some great questions. Would you like to, um, would you like to share your question, Argent? Um, sure, yeah. I, I have one kind of uh, big loaded question, which is, um, I would like to know what you, because, obviously we have you here because you represent a certain age and a certain looking at the future. Um, is there anything that you think could change about the artistic community and what do you see that change and, and how do you think it'll be different in like 20 years? Like for example, let's say 20 years from now, you guys are doing something like this and talking to the next generation. What's something that you would share with them, you might think? You want to start out, Drew? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> well, I think one of the coolest things and one of the things that I've... Or here, I'm having so many thoughts at once. Let me start off with saying... One of the things that I find the most heartbreaking is that a lot of art programs are underfunded. And a lot of people, art want, like art is their first choice for everything, but it's never something they're ever gonna get to do necessarily. There's a lot of people out there that want 
to be artists, but our society has kind of told them like, there's no way you're going to make any money doing that. And I've always been so sad about that. And I've always, that's one of the most prevalent worries in my head as a young artist being like, this is the thing I love more than a lot of stuff. And it might not even get to be the thing I do. So if in 20 years I was in Asia's shoes and I was the director of a beautiful gallery and I got to talk to amazing young people, I would want to be able to share in their joy that they got the job they wanted, that they are now on the way to doing exactly what they've always wanted to do in this community where the people that end up doing it have to sacrifice a lot of stuff to be able to actually do what they've always wanted to do. So the change that I would most want to see is that there isn't as much sacrifice. There is so much more acceptance in the arts and that everyone I don't know. It's, I've always thought the arts were so important. You see these giant paintings that were painted by the greats and people put so much value in them, but then they don't allow the next generation of greats to have the same mm -hmm. opportunities. So. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Asa? Well, I think about Homer in the next 20 years and Homer is, you know, it, it's growing and we love, we love our small town, small town, but there's, there's nothing that we can do to kind of stop that from growing. And one of the things that I hope comes with this, you know, the, 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 the development of Homer is more opportunities for performance and specifically in music. Cause I, I've looked around um, town and, you know, I've, you know, I've been with various bands and we've, we've jammed, we've, we've jammed in garages, but, there aren't a lot of um, venues for younger musicians to come in and play. Um, Cause there's, you know, there's, you know, bars like the Downies and characters, <laughs> but obviously, you know, being 18, I can't play there. And so that leaves, yeah. um, that leaves Alice's or K-Bay and Alice's is an open mic, you know, and it's, it's not exactly a great, it's a very loud room. Like I always, you know, playing with a jazz band, I really wanted to be like, we should go out and we should go play. Cause like we have a full set list, but there yeah. just aren't really any locations that people could play. Like K-Bay would be deafening the sound of like five saxophones and Trump and like, it would be, um, and just, I, I hope that if I was in, you know, in the Asia shoes and looking back and talking to, you know, young artists is that I hope that they, got that opportunity that, that that those places opened up that young musicians could go in and that they could perform and and just more places like that just around town so that um people just have more opportunities i guess that's awesome i i kind of love how this is turning into some really good advice from insightful young people about like directions that we can at at Vanel um, help to promote and, and support for you all. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think, um, Ella, in response to Arjun's question? 
Um, yeah, I, I agree with Asa. Like, I would play a lot at, well, I started, like, singing, I guess, at Jubilee, and that was, like, once a year, and I would, like, spend, you know, a few months, like, getting ready for this, and that was, like, the big thing, and I remember afterwards just having, like, that high of singing in front of people and just, like, wanting more, but then you're at, like, a dead end, and mm -hmm. I think, I don't know, a venue in Homer that could, or something, like, yeah, maybe some sort of, like, I don't know, just more places where you, young people can get out and share their music and craft and art. And I think, Asia, you're doing a great job of that. I mean, I really see, like, you as one of those people that pushed me in high school and stuff. Like, I did shows at Banal. And, and yeah, I think people if I can be that artist in the future that's great thank you very much yeah and and anybody else if you have a question that you want to um share you know and some of us are taking notes too you know so <laughs> giving us good homework you guys I appreciate, it. I appreciate it very much do you have any questions for each other anything that you're thinking about um i had so, a question for asa if that's all right oh all right. yeah <laughs> well, 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 Asa and I have performed together a lot because I was also in DDF with him and we've been friends for so, so long. And I guess I've always seen that like you, you have such a wide, you've got performing, well, you've got like the big everything when it comes to performing, you do music, you do acting, you do your morning announcements. And I guess I was curious about like where you want to go from like now in that regard because like you were saying you know ddf jazz band these are high school programs that sadly are no longer available to you um, <laughs> i'm not allowed in school anymore yeah uh, yeah so i'm i'm curious how you how you would like to continue on in this in that medium yeah that's that is something that I've been thinking a lot about um, myself because I I've really you know I've I've gotten so much from that you know and I and I worry about not having those opportunities like I I, I worry that I'm gonna lose my ability to, you know to read sheet music not going in and playing jazz every morning um, and and I look at the opportunities because I know that in the summer that there is uh, Pier One and I got the chance to be in a Pier One play last summer and I loved it and I was like why have I not been in Pier One before. Um, and, and I, and I do want to continue some kind of career in performance. Cause that would like, cause you know, Ella talked about, you know, that high that like, coming off of it. Like I have never felt more alive. Like I, it, it, it stayed at Juno, uh, this year in DDF. Like I had never felt more alive than when I performed this piece about the Titanic and some, but with my friend, Anthony, um, and, you know, and I, I look at the opportunities and my dad is really pushing me. He wants me to go to broadcasting school to like do radio. And I, and I want to do, you know, I, I'm interested in radio and like doing that. And I would love to do like some kind of little show on, um, on the radio if they would, if they would have me. Um, but, 
anyways. But yeah, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm, I'm still kind of exploring that because I'm going to be here for another two years. Um, and I really hope that I, I do find more of those things and I don't begin to lose it because if I feel like if I lose it now, it's not going to be easy to get back. <laughs> so you just said you're going to be here for another couple of years. Tell me how it is that you, that you know that or what, how did you make that decision? Well, I'm going to be uh, at, at, uh, at the college here, at the community okay. college here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be here for the next two years because I'm going to get my general studies. And then hopefully yeah. at that point, yeah, yeah. At that point, <laughs> I will have, uh, I will have kind of locked down where I, I think I'm going. Mm-hmm. And that's what you've been doing, Drew, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I've been doing. I, uh, I am very close. <laughs> I'm very close to getting my AA. I probably would have graduated this semester, except I, at the start of the semester, was like, I don't want to do any online classes. And then here we are. We had to do all online classes. So my reservation was a little ironic, but I will probably soon graduate if things go to plan this next coming semester. Um, but it's been great doing it all in town. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, what about you, Ella? I'm just curious about um, your feeling of um, Austin and that community as a place for you to grow and work. Does it feel like you want to stay there for a little while? Are you, are you thinking about music school or what's going through your head as far as cultivating your um yeah I mean there's like nothing that makes me feel like how music does and I was watching this documentary yesterday and um this like girl who got really famous was just talking about it and like I just had this like overwhelming like I want that so bad and I want to do like whatever I can to get it and um (laughs) Yeah, it's just like none other. And um I think Austin's a great place for it. And yeah, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Nancy Lord has a has a great question. She she asks, what are the pros and cons of pursuing advanced education and degrees? How you guys all feel about that versus self-education? And for a minute I could feel your passion so strongly, Ellis, like your voice broke and I just Wondered if you wanted to elucidate a little bit more. Um, about like formal about yeah about education and um, self advancement. What what do you think are key to really progressing in your your skill? Yeah, and your focus? I feel like I feel like I have like this tool that like is so unique to me. And like, it's like I've been given a screwdriver, but like, I don't know exactly how to use it. And I'm like, kind of confused. And um, I'm just like, I want that, make this my life. And um, yeah, like, I feel like I'm writing music, I'm doing songs, but there's something missing for me. Like, I'm like, just lacking, like, I guess how to use my instrument, like the best I can and how to write songs the best I can. I want to learn that stuff. And um, I was looking at music schools and, yeah, well, I don't know. (laughs) Kind of at a standstill right now with the pandemic, but right now I'm just like talking to artists that I've met down here. Um, 
and trying to find ways to learn. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the, um, the, the idea of attending school physically is in a weird moment, but the whole process of application can, can take a while. And I'm also seeing a lot of really interesting um, solutions through distance learning that have to do with, um, you know, recording and sharing and getting feedback. Um, so I just really want to encourage you to say, you know, that the pandemic is, a, is, a, is, you know, in your face right now, but really that if you feel that pathway, it just keep, keep following it and, and absolutely look out even just to see what the options are, you know, that's exciting. I'm sure any teacher would be quite thrilled to, to have you. <laughs> do, um, does anybody else have a question? Uh, they'd like to, to share, do you, do you have a question, Asa? Yeah. <clears throat> Ella, when did you know that you wanted to, to, to study music? Um, well, I mean, I like really still, I guess, don't know. Like, I guess, well, I mean, I know, but I have, I don't have like a study, but I'm just always like, that's been my thing. And I feel like I've just always known, like, since I remember, like, that first time I held a stuffed animal cat in front of Homer at Jubilee in, like, 2011 or something, and um, I sang, and I just, like, that feeling, like, of, like, oh, I can do this, like, this is something that I could do, and um, I've also grown up like commercial fishing and I thought kind of like after high school, I was like, I could always fall back on that. And, um, that just doesn't make me feel the way that music does. <laughs> and, um, like, I don't know. I had to like, really look at that. like I thought that being happy meant making money and that's not it. And yeah, I don't know. If anyone else has a, a question that they'd like to um, present to our featured guests, um, I just want to invite that as we're winding up our wonderful hour with you. Asia, this isn't really a question, but I just wanted to thank all three of you for inspiration. And I, I think it's really important to hear your voices. And I hope you have I hope you have opportunities because when, when Drew, you're talking about, and Asa as well, and, and Ella about maybe, um, not Ella as much, but about the opportunities, kind of our work ethic, you know, you get all this inspiration and ideas, but you need the opportunities to have exhibits, to have concerts. And I hope all that, um, I hope Homer can offer more, but I think, um, yeah, thanks for all the inspiration because each one of you has, um, quite wise words that we've all heard today. Yeah, well done. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Annette. I'm going to give you three, each a piece of homework, and that is, I would like for you to tell us, to tell Bunnell leadership um, what we can do to better support you. Like how, if you had unlimited access to the resource of that space, that room, to share, create, present, what would you do with it? Would you please... Um, tell us, Ella, even if it means a plane ticket. 
I think we're really interested. Yeah. That's a great question. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've gotten a lot of opportunity at Banal and that's been kind of like the first like seed for me almost like I had a show there one time and it was like, whoa, like all these people came just to see me. And like, I think in young artists, that's such a important feeling of like validation in like those early stages. And I still like strive for that. I'm like, does this sound good? Does this sound good? And um, I think just opening that space and like maybe, God, I don't know. I like the eight by shows that you had that like everybody did something on. 10 by 10, yeah, 8 by But um, maybe with like a young artist section or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, if you want to answer it now and respond to this, that's fantastic. If you want to think about it and, and share some ideas later, that's, that's great. We're all ears. Thinking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I, I actually, I have a thought, if it's all right to add now. Um, I, I, I think of how there was that maker's space where there was those 3D printers in that small building mm -hmm. and anyone could go in there and learn and make something. And I think um, just the, the idea around a space like that is exactly what a lot of, not our, I, truthfully not our community is lacking but a lot of small communities lack that just open door like come in do this because we know you can't do this at home um and just what ella was saying about recognition um i think for a lot of young artists recognition is like an amazing almost like a like a second step but i think it's really important also to have that first step where it's like here's here's where you're allowed to make decisions if you like if you like doing this or if you want to do this and here's the resources that we know are hard to come by for a lot of families like i i'll probably never own a um a 3d printer but if i had been interested in 3d printing then a space like the makerspace would have been life-changing you know and so to have those spots around a community where come in we have the resources that you that we want to share with you and then after you've discovered this um passion within you then we can we can i don't know maybe help you find the resources next that you need to like ella was saying find that recognition that really really helps young artists gain a little bit of confidence in themselves awesome closing thoughts asa closing thoughts well yeah. um this has just been, I mean, just overall, this has been a really fantastic opportunity. And I want to thank you, Asia, for inviting me on. Um, and it's been, it, it means a lot to know that as a young person, that people in the art community want to hear my, my input and are interested in the things that I'm doing. And it, it, 
I just feel good knowing that we're, we're being listened to. Um, and I think right now with just kind of the world, with everybody trying to make the world stand still, um, listening to each other and, and really hearing our voices. Because I feel like in, you know, in the day to day and the hubbub of life, it gets so, it gets so loud. And now that it's begun to get so quiet, you know, to be able to hear what we we're saying. And then, so when, when these, when the coronavirus does fade away and we can freely step outside that we can step outside and we know that this is a world that we, we can see the problems in. And, uh, and then, cause we spent a while. I don't know where I'm going with this. It started out, <laughs> but, <laughs> but That's yeah. That's good. Can I say one last thing? What really hit me about what Drew and Asa said about our society not valuing the things that mean the most to what you want to do, I hope in our slowed down time of thinking in our post-pandemic time that we as a society start thinking about how we really want society to be and putting more of our resources into what makes people the most whole. I have two cousins who live in Switzerland at where education, healthcare, transportation, a lot of that is taken care of by the greater society. And they have the ability to be risk takers and more able to think about what they can do to contribute to society and also what makes them thrive. And I think in our society, we're so worried about making money because, because of all these external expenses that a lot of other young people don't have to worry about. And I just wonder if young people might be more involved in speaking to creating the new world that we want to live in and advocating for society turning towards things that are more important. Um, and I, I've been doing as a board member of Banel, really hearing, listening as much as I can. We want to support you in any way possible. Yes, I'm, I'm making, I can't articulate like Asia does. But. I'm making a commitment right now to get a yeah. 3D printer through Benel. We absolutely <laughs> can do that. We will get a 3D printer and we will make that available for you and other people. And Asa, and also performances. If, that's right. Asa, if you want to start curating some kind of performance venue on a yes. consistent basis through Benel, we want to do that. We want to do that. And, um, Ella, we were, we're here to support you. If you want to come home and perform or you want to go out into the world and you need recommendations, um, you need advice about where to go. I think it sounds to me like you might be getting ready, gearing yourself up for some kind of a structure so that you can lean in completely to your singing. And we support that. Yeah. Awesome. I really feel like just the support of Homer and the community and the creative community is just so powerful and yeah thank you for inviting me to this conversation mm -hmm. absolutely we we have more space that we can expand to I, I i'm getting my mind is racing and i'm thinking about how you know every year 
um, in addition to the many talented adults who come here to this community um, and who are interested and who are tuning in today, you know, listening to you, there are people who come in who like to share skills and um, uh, we're just really interested in connecting you with, with resources to grow here until you kind of grow out of this um, flower pot and go on to your next one. So thank you so much for um, sharing for your openness and, and know that it's extremely important to all of our leadership. You've had numerous Banal leaders listening in um, to you today and members. We are encouraged. Yeah. You all are so articulate and passionate and talented and right. you make the world a better place. And as Carla Co points out, you feed us. So <laughs> keep doing that with your yeah. with your work so take good care and stay in touch and um we'll be back next week with um three artists um looking at art um and creativity through the lens of their experiences in bristol bay it'll be thare monroe um katie burst and amber webb will return wow so um ta-ta for now thank you